It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. A fine pair brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. It is Monday, October 24th, 2022. I am Beck. I was about to say I'm Beckler. I literally was about to say I'm Beckler and this is Sean. Yeah, uh, my brain, really. It's a good Monday brain right now. I'm Beckler. Hello, everybody. Good good day. I'm Beckler. Uh, Beckler is away again today. Obviously, he is back tomorrow, though. He's coming back from Vancouver, and I'm sure he will be sharing with us all kinds of adventures that he had in the land of the soft. So I can't wait. I'm going to test him out when he gets back tomorrow. I'm going to touch him and be like, did you get a little softer out there? Or soft and cupboard buttery? Or are you good now? Uh, coming up, we've got... Another etymology, this one of one of the grossest words in the English language, one that everybody hates and where that came from, and it's even more disturbing than you'd think. On top of that, we talk about an interesting show that has been bashing Cochrane, Alberta consistently, and it's a fairly big show, and they're just saying not nice things about Cochrane, so we'll get into that. Uh, a really strange news story, we hear from a Terry who's very protective of one of our national animals here in Canada. I had a bit of an experience over the weekend where I felt extremely awkward and was in a place that I don't feel very comfortable with, so we'll get into that. Also saw something really funny at the grocery store with a woman who, she takes her job and her break very seriously. So we'll get into all of that. But first, your out of context clip of the show. Can't wait to go to the meeting. Hello, my name is Cliff. I have a problem. (laughs) I have a flushing problem? Yes, I flush chicken wraps, refried beans, and orange peels down the toilet. BNS in 20 minutes or less. You listen to the show often. You probably know that my boyfriend Cliff has this issue where he can't stop flushing things down the toilet that shouldn't go down the toilet. He likes to play this game of will it flush with himself, and he's done it once again, but I'm going to let him explain. Cliff, I'm just going to get down to the nitty-gritty here. Um, Could you explain to the friends of the show here what happened to your toilet at work i don't think i want to well no i mean you told me about this and uh you were you're perplexed as to how this went down and why this happened but uh just explain if you could it, it got plugged okay mm-hmm. yeah what was the result of this like nobody had a toilet to use at work correct the one in the office was uh out of commission for a bit but it eventually flushed okay i, I flushed some rotten fruit now, why did you flush rotten fruit down the toilet? Can you please just take me through why you think that rotten fruit would be a good flushable thing for a toilet? Well, well it was all liquidy, and, and it was probably if I poured it in the garbage can, it would have stunk up the office. Mm-hmm. My mistake wasn't so much the rotten like melon and stuff; it was the it was the orange slices that I probably shouldn't have flushed. You flushed orange peel down the toilet. Well, yeah, it was oranges that were cut up in slices that were in there, too, that I probably should have taken out. But I didn't want to touch it. It was so disgusting. Okay. You're not supposed to flush food down the toilet. Like, Did you not learn from the time that you tried to flush an entire chicken wrap down the toilet? Well, this was just loose little square chunks of fruit. I Do you remember when it was I, a big deal. Do you remember when I got a warning in my building because the toilet had backed up and they were saying, like, how about we stop <laughs> flushing things that shouldn't go down the toilet down the toilet? And no everything that they listed that off was all of the things that you have flushed down the toilet. Like, this is just a, a good rule of thumb. And I know you and I have discussed this before, but clearly it hasn't quite got to your head yet. Um, you should probably only just flush human waste down the toilet. Everything else. Oh, hey, the other day I was cleaning out my fridge. I don't want to. And know. I flushed some refried beans. Uh, what? It actually looked like human waste. Why did you? I flushed it. Why did you flush refried beans down the toilet? 
Everybody who's a plumber right now is probably listening to this and ripping their hair out. Your logic is very confusing to me. But anyway, we're going to keep trying. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to bring you to Flushers Anonymous. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a meeting and there's got to be some sort of 12 step program for you because this has got to stop. You're going to back up every toilet you ever encounter. Like, I can't wait to go to the meeting. Hello, my name is Cliff. I have a problem. I have a flushing problem. Yes, I flush chicken wraps, refried beans and orange peels down the toilet. Uh, oh my god okay I love you I'm sorry we're gonna work through this together okay the BNS and 20 minutes or less podcast when I'm at home I tend to put on a show kind of in the background while I'm doing work around the house or doing work or whatever and it's always something that's kind of mindless and I half watch it and uh, the show I'm doing that with right now is working moms and I don't know if you've watched much of this show but basically it's based in Canada and it's about well moms who are working and they're their lives and it's based out of Toronto but in one part of the show uh, two of the main characters the the couple they wind up in Cochrane Alberta the guy he gets a job out in Cochrane I think it was supposed to originally be Calgary they show up winds up out in Cochrane and um they don't have kind things to say about Cochrane. It's become kind of a joke on the show where every time they show the husband who is still working from Cochrane, the wife actually moved back to Toronto because she couldn't handle Cochrane. And uh, every time Cochrane's brought up there, they don't say nice things about it. Now, I haven't spent a ton of time in Cochrane, but from what I gather, it's a fairly nice place. But according to the show, not so much. Uh, there's one part right now where she's being investigated because she worked briefly at Cochrane in some some office, and I guess she was taking some prescription drugs at the time. So she's being investigated, and uh, this is what happens. You ever been in Cochrane? How is that relevant? Oh, it's relevant. I implore you to spend a few months out there before passing judgment. I mean, you do what you have to to survive. Okay. And then just after this, she's chatting with her husband on the phone, who, again, is still uh, working out in Cochrane right now. And, well, he says this about it. Trapped in some sort of mountain hellhole waiting for them to throw the book of cowboy justice at you. Okay, a mountain hellhole? They're going to throw the book of cowboy justice at you? Jeez, come on now. Come on. I think as allies of Cochrane, we should write letters to the show. Excuse me, you... Center of the universe, bastard. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Etymology with Shauna. So I've actually got three of them for you. They're all a little bit shorter, though, and I actually found all of these super interesting. So first of all, a friend of the show was asking, have we ever done the term moist? I've never looked up the etymology of the term moist. One of the most hated words in the English language. One of those words everybody despises. Well, I never looked into the meaning of it, and it's... More disgusting than ever, okay? Uh, this makes it even worse. So moist actually comes from the Latin word mucidus, which means moldy or musty. Kind of the same origin of mucus. So everything disgusting all in one go here. So moist, when we talk about moist cake and we use it in a positive sense, probably shouldn't because it actually means moldy. When you're saying moist cake, you're actually saying moldy cake. Okay, that's just... Oh, everything about that word. That's just horrifying. Moving on. Uh, the next word, companion. I was thinking about this recently, and I'm like, that's a bit of a weird word. Where does companion come from? Well, it comes from the old French compagnon, which literally means one who breaks bread with another. So this comes from Latin, where calm means together with, and pani means bread. So together with bread. Companion, 
literally just means together with bread. Somebody who you break bread with, which of course kind of makes sense because if you break bread with somebody, it means that you're close friends. So there you go. And uh, this one, I never really thought about this, but do you ever wonder why we say goodbye to people when we leave them? Like why goodbye is the term we used? Well, this comes from when everybody was very religious, obviously. And goodbye is essentially cramming together the words, God be with ye. So it used to be when you departed somebody, you wanted to bless them and make sure that they were safe as you departed or whatever. So you'd say, God be with ye. And we went from that to goodbye because we don't like speaking syllables and we like to shorten everything, obviously. So goodbye just is shortened. God be with ye. So that's what you're saying. Every time you say goodbye to somebody, you're saying, God be with ye. I'm going to start saying that instead. Okay. Creep people right out. God be with ye. God be with ye. Etymology with Shauna. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I was watching the news on the weekend, and in one of the most Canadian news stories I've seen in a while, there's a concern with beavers in Airdrie right now. I don't know if you've seen this, but I guess the beavers are causing a bit of destruction, especially along the riverfront, and because of that, they're actually looking to call the beavers in some way or another. They've been, I guess, euthanizing them to get them out of there. I guess you can't really relocate beavers either. It just doesn't work very well for them because they either find their way back or they just don't deal well in new environments. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but because of that, they've been getting rid of some beavers. And uh, there's a lot of people who agree with this because beavers can be pests. Uh, And then there are quite a few people who are advocating for the fact that they need to figure out a better solution or just leave the beavers be. Again, this is a very serious news story. And even saying this out loud sounds ridiculous to me. But there was a gentleman who was interviewed during this newscast, and he is very passionate about the beaver. And he is a very Canadian sounding man. And I love the hell out of him. He's an Airdrie resident. His name is Brent Barker, I believe. And he had this to say about the beavers. He's very, very upset about this. And again, he's very, very passionate about our Canadian symbol, the beaver. They're gorgeous animals. They're, they're on our nickel. I don't know what more I can tell you. They're great. Oh, I love that Canadian accent. And just talking about beavers, it makes it so much better. But you know what? Terry's right here. Okay, they are. They're beautiful animals and they're on our nickel and they're great. So... Leave the beavers be, damn it. B&S in 20 minutes or less. So I was at the grocery store on the weekend, and uh, as I was waiting in line, I was standing near the customer service desk. And uh, there was this lady that was working. She was standing behind the desk there. And this older man walks up to her, and he was asking her for something. And she looks at him, and she goes, Oh, sorry, sir. I'm on my break for another five minutes. And then she just goes back to standing there and just looking out into the ether, not doing anything, just standing at the desk, but apparently she was still on break, so she did not want to help this man. And in the meantime, another minute goes by, and this man then is awkwardly still just standing at the desk like, oh, okay. So he's waiting around, and she's waiting around, and they're trying to avoid eye contact. And then another man walks up, and she says the same thing to him. Oh, sorry, man. I have four minutes left on my break, and then I can help you. And then once again, she just goes back to standing behind the desk and looking out into nowhere. Phil. And then a third man comes by and this time there was about, I don't know, four minutes had gone by and she goes, oh, I have 45 seconds left in my break, sir, and then I can help you. And then she goes, this is why I don't normally stand here for the rest of my break. Well, yes. No, you don't want to stand there when people are trying to be helped. You're like, no, mm-mm, on break here, not going to help you. Nope, that's just, that's awkward for everybody. 
and 45 seconds like she had her break down into second form now that is taking your break seriously it's hilarious because you don't often see that anymore most of the time people just don't take breaks period right like you'll work through your lunch break nobody will take the full break everybody feels guilty to do so not this lady Uh uh-uh she is taking her break down to the second and she is not helping you at that desk until her break is officially over holy crap was that funny though all these guys were just standing around like what do what do we do now yeah she just uh she's here and we need help with it this is awkward so these three guys just kind of killing time and this is just hilarious she's not even looking at her phone or anything or trying to she is standing there just looking out into space while she finishes her break oh that's funny is that quiet quitting right there like quiet quitting the definition is of course not going above and beyond your job in any way shape or form well these gentlemen she could have easily helped in that five minutes but no she was on her break damn it so she is not taking that i mean i respect the hell out of her because the awkwardness that persisted for those five minutes was i thought i was getting punked at the time i was like is this a skit like where are the cameras not 45 seconds and then i'll help you okay bns in 20 minutes or less so i realized this weekend that i'm now treading into baby shower territory so the last couple of years it's been wedding time i've been to well it was seven weddings so far this year with another one happening at the end and uh then well quickly thereafter of course people start having babies so now i'm in baby shower territory and i had my first one this weekend for a friend of mine and i got the invite uh, several weeks ago and didn't really think much of it i saw there was a registry so i bought a gift off the registry and then i was about to show up on saturday and i realized i don't know how to baby shower because i've never been at one before so i saw that it started at one and initially i was like oh, okay that's great that means like if i show up around 1 30 or so that's probably when everybody's going to show up right And then I thought harder about it, and I'm like, this isn't like a house party where you fashionably show up late. This is something different. So then I was like, oh, maybe I I don't show up late. I I should show up on time, right? Because there's probably things going on that I need to be there for, and so I actually have to show up on time. And then I went to the beer store, and I was picking up some beer for a party I was going to later. And I was like, oh, do do I bring my own booze to this baby shower, or... Do I do I provide booze for the host that I then crack into? It's like I can't bring a six pack of beer to a baby shower, can I? Or a flask. That wouldn't look great. I probably I guess I can't. So instead, I opted with a a bottle of wine that I then did. I gave to the hostess and luckily there was some champagne and stuff around. But man, this is hilarious to me. I was just like, how how do I do this? And then I get there. And of course, it's all women, which uh, they're all dressed to the nines. And that's not really my scene. I showed up in jeans and a a hoodie essentially and then I was trying to make small talk with some of the ladies around and I walked up to this group of them and they were chatting and thought I'd come and join in on the conversation and they were having a very deep discussion into what cookbooks were their favorites and I was of course trying to chime in but I don't know if you know this about me I don't really cook so here I am listening to all these people what's your favorite cookbook and I was just I drew a blank, and so I finally at one point admitted, I said, you know, I don't really cook very much at home. Let me tell you, do not say that to a bunch of women with small children. They looked at me like I had three heads. They didn't even know how to respond to that. What do you mean you don't cook at home? We have kids to provide for. What are you doing? Yeah, actually, I did just pick up a cookbook recently, though. It's called Bong Appetit, all about the art of cooking with weed. Yeah. You can borrow it if you'd like. BNS in 20 minutes or less. So this is very exciting. We have a sponsor now, of course. So the podcast is brought to you by Shane Holmes. Moving sooner to one of Shane Holmes' quicker possession duplexes. Starting from the 490s, these 1624-square-foot paired homes feature massive bedrooms and next-level soundproofing. So you can 
you can get in and dig it and don't have to worry about anybody else hearing. For more info, visit shaneholmes.com. Shane Holmes, the better way to build. Uh, just after we did that segment, I got a message from a friend of the show, Janice, and she said, uh, well, I have a bit of an embarrassing one. She said, definitely don't get a buzz on at a baby shower and heckle the gifts from the back of the room. Learned that lesson the hard way. And I was like, well, now you need to indulge, please. So she says, like yourself, it was before I was an adult and I went to a baby shower. They had punch that was non-alcoholic, but some champagne to spike it if you wanted. So myself and another girlfriend, both slightly hungover from the night before, drank three bottles of champagne. She says, I'm a loud person, literally can bring me anywhere my voice carries. So now we're bombed, back by the food table as we should be, and the mom-to-be starts opening the gifts. She says, like most baby showers, there are women of all ages there, grandmas, aunts, and yes, even young children. So everybody starts ooing and awing over the gifts, and myself and my friend think it's super funny to start yelling things like, Blankets are lame, and who needs that? Grandma looks back at us completely horrified. We think we're stand-up comedians. No one knew how to handle us. We stuffed our faces with finger sandwiches until we were halfway sober, and then we left. And then she says, I received an angry email from the organizer the next day. She didn't know me well, a cousin of the mom-to-be. She wasn't very happy. But my mom-to-be friend thought it was hilarious and still tells that story to this day. Well, that is just fantastic, honestly. Yeah, uh, I didn't do that. I had a couple drinks, didn't get too tipsy, stayed pretty quiet, and uh, it wound up being an awesome time. It was a, a very beautiful baby shower. It truly was, and uh, my friend seemed super happy, so of course that's all that, that matters. But yeah, I didn't quite know how to how to handle that. I really didn't. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I saw this story pop up from the weekend. Uh, it says, man steals 45 pigeons from backyard in Edmonton. I have so many questions. First off, why do you have 45 pigeons in your backyard? Like in the photo, this person lives in this community that has very tight-knit backyards as well. And they just have this giant cage that basically takes up the majority of the backyard with 45 pigeons in it. Just like a, a pigeon cage in the backyard there. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's not nice to steal. And I understand this. But if my neighbor decided to breed pigeons next door to me, I don't know if I would be overly excited either. Uh, apparently, these are competition pigeons, though, which is different. Okay, so they're worth 13000 bucks, I guess. Makes a little more sense that you're breeding competition pigeons, I suppose. But also, I was just trying to envision, like, how exactly one steals 45 pigeons. This reminds me of a story a while back where a gentleman stole, like, thousands of bees. And I was like, how do how does one do that? Like, you take the bees and then you just toss them back your truck there and there you go. You know what I mean? Like, the same, same goes for the pigeons. I'm just picturing you're driving down the white mud in Edmonton and you're stopped at a stoplight or something and you look over to your right and there's this little Toyota Corolla with 45 pigeons just hanging in the back. Like, oh, nothing to see here. Nope. Just uh, taking my competition pigeons for a drive. So everything's fine. Everything's fine. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I was chatting with a guy over the weekend who recently decided to change careers. So he's been a sales guy for, he said, like 10 years. And then he said he felt he needed to do that job to appease his parents, but he was super unhappy. So he finally decided to get out of it. And now he's a mailman. He got out of sales and into mail. And he said he absolutely loves it. And I was just like, well, that's great. Like, I'm so happy you finally got out and are finally doing something you really enjoy. But uh, he was telling me about the process of becoming a mail carrier, and he said, there's a fitness test involved. A mailman fitness test. And I laughed at first. I was like, really? But then, of course, when you think about it, it 
Makes sense. I mean, you do a ton of walking. This friend says he does upwards of 30,000 steps a day. But even still, like the idea... The idea of a mailman fitness test is just really funny to me for some reason. Like, I picture this very rigorous mailman training facility where there's just hundreds of mailmen and women walking up and down these stairs. Maybe a fake street with all these fake houses and condo buildings, and you get a route, and you have to hustle up the driveways and deliver the mail in a certain amount of time to pass. Then they've got obstacles like these fake dogs barking from the backyard or somebody with a hose spewing water at you, trying to throw you off your game and distract you. And all the other mail carriers are cheering you on, just yelling, come on, mailman, Jim, you got this. No, don't look at that dog. Avoid that ice patch. Just two more steps. You've been listening to the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. Want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS and 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.